Hi, everyone, and welcome. You are listening to Speeching It Real, a podcast where I interview future and current speech-language pathologists. Here, you can learn all about what it's like to get started in the field, see how paths and interests change, and connect with people going through the same things you are. I am your host, Chris Ubieta, and I am currently a second-year grad student at CU Boulder. Quick disclaimer, all statements and opinions on this podcast are not reflections of the organizations or schools associated with the speakers. Each person's words reflect their own opinions, including my own. Hey guys, today's episode is super unique. My guest is Adam Perry. No, he's not an SLP, nor is he a future SLP, but he is a person who stutters. More importantly, He is a talented musician and the host of the podcast, Mile High Stash, whose primary focus is, what albums are you taking with you during the inevitable zombie apocalypse? This episode was so much fun to record, and I am so honored that Adam reached out and that he's joining me on this episode. So let's jump right into it. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to Speeching It Real. I have an awesome guest on today, Adam. I am super excited because this is our first episode that does not have an SLP on it, but instead we have on a person who stutters. Mm -hmm. Adam, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? There I go with the stuttering. So, you know, it's very genuine. Um, (laughs) My name is Adam Perry and I live um, in the Boulder area. I just moved to Longmont like a month ago but I work in Boulder and uh, my kid goes to junior high in Boulder and, and I play with a lot of bands in the Boulder area and I write for Boulder Weekly and Denver Westward. And um, I am from uh, Pittsburgh and then I feel like I'm also from San Francisco because uh, uh, I moved there when I was 21 and lived there uh, most of my twenties. And, um, um, I don't know how long I've stuttered. Um, my first memories are a sort of age nine, like in the third grade. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, my memories of it start um, around when people were telling me that I stutter and saying, Oh, you got to go down the hall to talk to this lady. Mm. But my uh, mother says that, you know, that everybody noticed it maybe like age three or four. Really? Yeah. They didn't say anything like your parents didn't say anything about it before. It just started happening mm-hmm. more in the school system. I think so. Mm. And, um, maybe, um, and this is something that I'm sure you'll know about, you know, from your studies, but maybe it started to become, um, <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, use the right language because I it's listen, okay. I listened to your episode with Allegra mm-hmm. and, um, I, I wanted to say it started becoming more acute, mm-hmm. um, once everybody was pointing it out, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, I, I think the, I agree that the term pronounced is actually better, more I, pronounced. Yeah, I think sometimes we 
attach memories to situations because so many people are like fluctuating in with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it probably became more pronounced. It probably became something you were more aware of mm-hmm. because people kept commenting. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I do that different. I never noticed. It's kind of like when we work with kids who are trying to produce a specific sound, but they aren't able to. Mm-hmm. They don't recognize that they're doing it until you point it out. And then they're hyper fixated on the fact that they're doing something different yeah. versus before it was happening, but it didn't feel like anything other than your genuine self. Mm-hmm. And then that like attention starts bringing awareness to yourself. Yeah. It's it, um, kind of like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They didn't know they were naked until people, mm-hmm. <laughs> until all of a sudden this thing happened and they said, oh, oh my God, we're naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to where I asked you about yourself because Mm -hmm. I want to hear also about your podcasting experience Mm because I know that you're a podcaster. It's called The Mile High Stash, correct? Yep. And it's awesome. Side note. But I want to bring that into some of the elements we talk about later. So can you tell Mm -hmm. our listeners what your podcast is about and then why you started it? My podcast is music themed. Um, I've been playing the drums since I was nine years old. And, um, that is kind of how conversation works for me. That's the best kind of spark of conversation. And, um, I've been writing about music since junior high, I guess I started writing for the newspaper and, and doing CD reviews. You know, Mm. you probably don't know what a CD is. Um, (laughs) I was a 93 baby. I definitely yeah. had CDs. Backstreet Boys? Yeah. yeah. NSYNC? Nice. That stuff was on a CD, man. <laughs> and um, so I, um, I've kind of had a, a unique experience being in the music journalism media for 30 years and also up i playing the drums uh, for longer than that. And I've played in a lot of bands and played um, all over the world and made albums. And 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 I've also been uh, making money writing about music. So I know both sides of it. And um, I got COVID one time. It was, it was last October. And... I felt like I was going to die. Like my <laughs> chest, it was awful. It was the first time I'd been sick in like uh, four years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only really bad for two days. And um, I was in bed in pain, like screaming. And <laughs> um, uh, um, I, I started listening up to the BBC's um, Desert Island Discs, which has been going on since I think like 1944. Mm -hmm. They ask um, interesting people of all kinds uh, what uh, records they would take to a desert island. And the reason it's called Desert Island Discs is because the show is so old that you know the the concept of an album wasn't even around at the time mm. so it's like what uh 45 like track oh 45 oh yeah, yeah eight like, tracks would have been too young like a uh an actual vinyl disc you would wow. take and um i must have listened to like 
40 episodes of it and they have everybody from like uh, 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 Tom Hanks to Tom York to um um uh, war heroes I mean just just anybody interesting Maya Angelou is a really good one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I need to I need to get on this. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. And they have the whole thing they, all the way back to 1944. Like you can uh one with Alfred Hitchcock is really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be watching no. that. <laughs> and his movie Birds yeah. Nightmares. Yeah. Um <laughs> so I got it in my head that I'd like to do something like that, but give a Colorado spin to it. And also um, I had been reading a um, advanced copy of uh, 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 this book by uh, 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 John Hendrickson mm -hmm. that came out last year. Um, he became a, a friend of mine and he's such an inspiration. He's somebody who, stutters and um uh, he's from pennsylvania i'm from pennsylvania he plays the drums i play the drums he stutters i stutter he worked for the denver post um, um when he was um, a cub reporter as they say mm -hmm. uh, 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 writing about music um, and actually wrote about um, the yoppers which is a band that i was in and um, when that book came out um, I was very inspired. Like, um, I watched uh, uh, his interviews on uh, CNN mm -hmm. and and other things, and I thought, like, if this guy can put himself out there, I don't know if if I can, you know, but I should. Mm -hmm. And um, a podcast is something that uh, 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 I dreamt of doing for a long time, but just thought, well, if you stutter then that's just out of your range yeah. of possibilities. But there are a lot of things that I thought for many years that were outside of my range of possibilities, you know, like talking on the phone mm -hmm. or having a job where it wasn't just sending emails or reading a book to my kid, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And so um, a Mile High Stash, uh, came out i guess november of, of last year so i'm at like 40 it's once a week it's every monday mm -hmm. and i'm at like 46 episodes wow um and i'd say 75 percent of the guests are famous musicians and then i also have um there was like a broadway producer there was um um, a, 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 a famous a, a, a photographer. There was um, this guy, um, Waylon Lewis, who is the founder of Elephant Journal, and he is running for city council in Boulder right now. Uh, he's a guest on the show. So it's music. Uh, 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 inspired um and at the same time it's it's not the only subject so it's you know? like arts and politics <laughs> well what a mix <laughs> yeah um so it's 
it's a show where people say what five albums they would take to a remote Colorado cabin mm-hmm. in the event of a zombie apocalypse. Yes, yes, I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I you're gonna have to have me on because I yeah. can't think of the answer right now. Yeah, so yeah, it's I'll have tough. To prepare in advance. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. <laughs> no, that is really tough. Also, mm-hmm. music gives me anxiety. So. Music gives you anxiety. Yeah. What do you mean by that? So music has like. It's tied so deeply to emotion. Yeah. And it's so overwhelming to me. Huh. Yeah. And it doesn't matter the kind of music. What if you're listening to like Brian Eno, like ambient stuff? It's like environmentally. So like I can be in a room with music playing and I love it and I'll sing Mm -hmm. along and I'm good, but I can't listen to it on my own. You can't listen to music on your own. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is, (laughs) that's fascinating. Yeah. It's weird. It definitely got worse since COVID. Wow. Mm -hmm. My kid has... Uh, the opposite thing she loves music and uh she likes to listen to it on headphones Mm -hmm. like all the time by herself yeah yeah she doesn't like to have it on um, in the room interesting Mm -hmm. i like i hate to be in silence but i not not do not lean towards music i lean heavily towards podcasting yeah so i will listen to like 40 podcasts a day wow yeah like which ones Oh, so many. So I love like NPR things. Uh-huh. I'm a big Bachelor fan. So lots of Bachelor podcasts. Oh, wow. Podcasts. Bachelor podcasts. Yes. Yeah. I have like seven or eight that I listen to yeah. regularly. I love history. So I listen to a very big favorite. I've already talked about it before, but the Unsinkable podcast. It's just called Unsinkable. It's a Titanic mm-hmm. podcast. I listen to a lot about ancient history, uh, a lot about just his. I love just different historical ones. Mm-hmm. I like book reviews. I like um pop culture happy hour is one of my super duper favorites i listen to every time anyone comes yeah. out um i honestly whenever someone recommends one I, I listen there's also another amazing one which everybody i'm sure also listens to and i know you've heard of this if you haven't i will be floored are you ready smartless okay. no no uh-uh. with jason bateman no we're totally getting off topic here but that's okay <laughs> that's you haven't heard like jason bateman will Arnett and oh yes i have and the and then sean hayes sean hayes yes have you listened to it i did i didn't love it it, Which was, episode? it was okay um i think it was the one where they had aoc on okay yeah and yeah. i just wanted to hear her yeah that's all i wanted to hear <laughs> very very yeah, yeah. fair so you're in school you're studying uh speech pathology okay rude transitioning right, making right. it better let's to go. get us let's back go. on track yeah yeah let's go <laughs> okay so let's go back to the beginning of your stuttering journey or finding out about your stuttering journey mm-hmm. you said you were about nine years old uh-huh. when that happened did you start getting enrolled in therapy right away did you get speech therapy um, at all what was that like speech therapy in school mm-hmm. yeah there was someone in school who i would go and meet with and I, um, I think I avoided speech therapy and that was a bad idea. I've never been in speech therapy. Really? Yeah. And, um, so I don't feel like I've ever really had it. Uh, and my stutter was really, really (laughs) pronounced, Mm -hmm. um, um, from age nine until a, a few years ago. I mean, it's still it's still there. It's still a, a, a part of me, and um, I can have 
conversations with people who either aren't stutterers or are not uh, SLPs. And uh, they, a lot of times, have no idea that I stutter. And that was definitely not the case until a few years ago because, um, you know, I in school, if they asked me to read out loud, it was like incredibly traumatic mm -hmm. and nothing would come out. And then the kids would say, you can't read, you know, you're stupid. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I, I just used every, um, um, what's the word? I used every device that I could to get out of, of speaking and, uh, uh, those devices could include um, uh, my parents ordering for me at restaurants mm -hmm. or, you know, somebody making a phone call for me or having my parents say to the teachers, uh, you know, uh, he stutters, so don't ask him to read out loud. Um, um, or um, until uh, four or five years ago, uh, um uh, trying to uh, uh, do interviews uh, 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 for my newspaper articles by email. I would always ask, do you think we could do like a questionnaire mm -hmm. email? I would never dream of doing that now because it's not a, really an interview. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. So. So a lot of avoidance behavior. Yeah. And, um, and then I think the more that you avoid um, like John Hendricks, Hendrickson says, you know, it becomes the world's worst kept secret. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't want to talk about it. You don't any, want anyone to mention it. You don't want to get help for it. Mm -hmm. And yet everybody knows because you're just walking around stuttering. Yeah. And um, so that's my journey mm -hmm. um, um, where I am. Uh, right now is that I just stutter and I tell people that I stutter. And I think that really improved my stutter. Do you, so you disclose before you first start talking with someone new, how do you approach that? Or do you deem it based off of situations? Situational. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly um, when I uh, record an interview, um, especially for the podcast, I always say two things. I say, number one, is there anything it's off limits that you don't want me to ask. Mm -hmm. and, and then, uh, number two, I want you, I want you to know that I stutter. So if there's a point in our conversation where I'm stuck, um, or you hear these little pauses and, and things, um, it's, it's because I stutter. It's not, it's not because I'm nervous or I'm on crack, you know, or like I have a hangover. Oh no. That's a whole other subject. My oh, stutter yeah. is way worse when I have a hangover. That's, that's a whole really? other thing. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really catching myself because I, I'm thinking about what um, Allegra said. And then also my, my friend who teaches at CU, um, he might know, uh, Brian Pollard. I actually went to go see yeah. him today to tell him I was interviewing yeah. him. Yeah, he's a great guy. My friend's with him now. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they run a support group right now. Right, right. Mm -hmm. 
which I haven't gone to because usually it's Wednesday nights and I have softball. So I, don't, so I haven't gone to that, but I want to go. I get that. But it's yeah, not anymore. Yeah. It's Thursdays. It's Thursdays now? You should totally do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's so fun. My, my roommate mm-hmm. who lives here, she's also in my program. She's She is one of the SLPs that leads it right now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And my other good friend, Mac. They've both been on the pod. Sweet. Yeah. So um, as I talk about my own stuttering mm-hmm. journey, um, I'm catching myself in, in these terms like my stutter was worse and my stutter improved and things like that. I think that those terms really hurt stutterers because there's nothing wrong with stuttering. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only something wrong with the, the way people treat stutterers and the way stutterers treat themselves too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I saw this thing recently where there was a, 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 a football player in, um, I think, England, and um, he had scored the game-winning goal, and they interviewed him after the game, and um, he wasn't a star player on the team, so he w- so he had maybe never been interviewed like that before, mm-hmm. and he stuttered. And there were all these things on social media. And this one post, I think it was the BBC, it's, it said, this man stutters and still had the courage to give an interview. I was really insulted by that. That is insulting. I mean, it should have said, oh, let me go back, actually. It said, this man suffers a stutter and he still had the courage to be interviewed. And I thought that was fucked up. Can, yeah. I, can I say that? It's fine. I'll mark it explicit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought, really, it should... This man doesn't suffer from a stutter. Mm-mm. This man suffers from the fear of being ridiculed <laughs> for his stutter. Yeah. Society's fucked up, not yeah. the person who's stuttering. Yeah. Right. Totally. It's mm. one of the things I've talked a lot about is, and I believe Allegra and I have talked about it too, is there's no reason to think it's any different than an accent it's mm-hmm. no different than thinking of someone speaking in any different way it's it is mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it yeah it exists it is what it is yeah. and also you mentioned worse or better like mm-hmm. using that type of language to describe it this wasn't necessarily stated to us but i don't like to think of it on that type of a binary either mm-hmm. it it's more than just a, a linear thought it's more than waves it's something that every day can change mm-hmm. multiple times throughout the day can change yeah. affects it affects you in different ways in different situations it also just again has no rhyme or reason as to why it's feeling a type of way one day mm-hmm. like there there doesn't have to be this like oh i do this and i sound like this because of this it just is yeah and correct me if i'm wrong but we don't really know exactly why people stutter um correct so that's even more fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's so common for people who stutter to feel like they're the only ones in the whole world who stutter. Yeah. And and the way that they stutter is just how stuttering is. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had my mind blown um, recently by getting to know John Hendrickson and then uh, uh, going to his um, reading um, in Denver and hanging out with a whole bunch of stutterers. Mm-hmm. That was the first time in my life that I'd ever been around like a room full of people. Because <laughs> after the reading, 
we went to the PS Lounge. Mm -hmm. If you haven't been there, you got to go. It's just a great dive bar in Denver. And it was like me and Ryan and Allegra and a bunch of other people. And it was so amazing to be around all these people who stutter and realize it's it's not um, binary. You know, like you said, like everybody stutters in different ways. So on that, do you think you would have been maybe 15 years ago okay being in a room with a bunch of different people who stutter in different ways based off of your journey and how your relationship was with your stutter at that time? I don't know if I would have been okay with it. It's more that I never would have done it Mm -hmm. because I never would have talked about my stuttering, mm-hmm. so I w- wouldn't have gotten to know other people who stutter. So I'm really I, glad I did. So you've read John Hendrick's book. I have a couple questions mm-hmm. now about this. Yeah. Going back, you had mentioned that you wish you had maybe gone to therapy. Yeah. Do you feel like you would do want to do something like that now? Mm, that's a good question. I don't know because I've made peace with it, mm-hmm. and so I don't feel like it's getting in the way of my life so why would i change totally that's a great i mean that's essentially what we target in therapy now anyway acceptance love for what you where you are you were at a point in your life where you were in the maintenance phase you were Mm. maintaining being covert so hiding how Mm. you presented your stutter yep what was what were some of the things that helped you get to acceptance oh i mean the number one thing for me is that i had a kid and um that was when i was 29 and um, i struggled i had just finished school and um, i was working uh, as a writer and not making enough money to support a family mm. um so after about a year you know when my kid turned 1 i was offered a job um in boulder and um, i had lived in boulder but we were in New Mexico and then we were in Maine and I was offered this job in Boulder and I knew that it involved speaking on the phone. Mm. Um, um, it was a job in law and I didn't have experience in law, you know, but, um, the employer knew my uh, education history and my journalism and me and was just like, I want to hire you to do this. And Mm -hmm. I said, you're crazy. Like if I talk on the phone, you're going to lose your business. People are going to be like, why, why do you have someone managing your office and uh, doing uh, uh, legal work? Um, We, uh, we work for veterans. And so we fight the VA and I have to call the, the government and, yell at them all the time um and he was he was just like you can do it and the first year or so it was really bad i mean it was really pronounced Mm -hmm. and um like my first day on the job i remember i knew i had to make my first call it was just to call uh a, a court in Washington and ask an attorney uh, uh, his position on a motion. That's all I had to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, I think I have to use the bathroom. 
you know, and I went outside with my cell phone and made the call. Because <laughs> you don't want to be in the room. It yeah. wasn't even the call. It was everybody else in the room that would hear you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I didn't have my own office then. Mm. Um, and um, I can't imagine. That's really intimidating. Yeah. yeah. I had worked in a lot of newsrooms and I had that same experience um, where like everyone is in the same room and you got to make a phone call and you're like, mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to stutter and everyone's going to hear it. Mm -hmm. And so having a kid and knowing like, um, somebody has to support this kid mm -hmm. and then getting a job offer that made it so like, I didn't have a choice. It's just, this is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I have to take it. It's going to be really hard. And the more I talked on the phone, the more my stutter um, became manageable mm. and um, it helped me. Now, did the stutter become more manageable or that you had a better relationship with it? That's a good question. Um I think having a better relationship with it made it more manageable. When I listened to some of your episodes and we talked about it offline, you disclose your stutter mm -hmm. to the people that come in the room and who you're interviewing. And sometimes you also mention it on your podcast mm -hmm. about your journey and your relationship with your stutter and how you specifically try not to edit out yourself, any disfluencies you have or any mm -hmm. interjections. What was it like to get to that stage? It's, it's intimidating mm -hmm. To listen back. It's really hard to listen back. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, on the first episode, um, I said something like, um, I stutter and, um, you know, you're going to hear some weird pauses and sounds that I make to um, self-regulate. Mm -hmm. Is that the word? Or is it... Um, mechanisms that we I call them like secondaries secondaries mm -hmm. there's primary mm -hmm. stutters and then there's secondaries so mm -hmm. like groping or um mm -hmm. missing eye contact like those would be secondaries versus primaries would be sometimes the i tap my leg and so that would be a secondary yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and that's to like kind of mm -hmm. That might be to get yourself like in a in a rhythm in a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily regulate. I mean, I wouldn't name it regulating, mm. but it could be. Mm. That might be how someone else might name it or phrase it. Yeah, um, and I said, you know, um, I stutter, and you might hear some of that. And you know, if you have a problem with that, then don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah. All they got to do is turn yeah. it off. Yeah. But I do, uh, for time, you know, if, uh, my biggest thing is pausing. Um, uh, whereas uh, for some other people, like my buddy uh, Steve Varney from uh, uh, Gregory Allen Isakov's band, he's a big old rock star and he sells out Red Rocks and all that stuff. And he stutters and his big block is um, ironically uh, the letter S. Mm. His name is Steve. So there's a lot of getting stu stuck on S. And um, for me, it's pauses. It's like not being able to start again. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like I'm full of shit 
that I said, I'm not going to edit anything out, you know, because I do, you know, definitely take spaces out. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that's, that's necessary to have like a listenable podcast, but that's a whole nother story. It, uh, our topic, you know, because if somebody else said that is lying to the audience or that is offensive to stutterers and, um, I would understand that. Mm-hmm. I'd respect that. I think sometimes when you're in the editing zone, you're also thinking you want to maintain their voice. You want to maintain mm-hmm. how the author of their own words sounds. Yeah. And you also want to make, unfortunately, the world we live in is quick, quick, quick. So you want to make it digestible. Yeah. And so I see how what you mean by that, like teetering on yeah. how you edit certain things. Yeah. And you just don't want to take away your own voice or how you would mm-hmm. sound. You don't want to jar someone by having a conversation with them. And they've listened to you a hundred times and then they're like, oh, you don't really sound like that. Like, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. You want to be authentic. Mm-hmm. I feel personally and, um, you know, I would love to have a, a conversation with a, a loved one and see if they agree. But I think that it's still authentic. It's still me. Mm-hmm. And um, I had... Uh, John Hendrickson on my podcast um, uh, the week that his book came out and he was doing NBC and Fox mm-hmm. News and all this stuff and he was nice enough to do my little podcast and <laughs> um, I was passionate about not taking out on that episode none of my stuttering none of his stuttering mm-hmm. and it was the same when I interviewed Steve Varney it was a live episode in Boulder and we had a great audience. That's so cool. Yeah. And I was incredibly nervous for that. And I think Steve was too. Mm-hmm. But um, those episodes where I um, interviewed people who stutter, it was really important to do no editing. Yeah, I'm not going to edit this. Yeah. <laughs> Especially speaking to how important it is to maintain that voice and what it is. Mm. This will be great. I'll do this during finals. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I joke. Um, I do have... Okay, so I want to move into... Especially since you haven't received therapy before. Uh-huh. What do you, What advice could you give to future SLPs who want to work with people who stutter? Mm. Even if that advice is just, don't do this thing. Don't say this. Hmm. Don't finish people's sentences. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, don't. Um, <laughs> that's really hard. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what makes a successful um, SLP. I think it's important to make it very clear that you're not going to cure someone stuttering. Um, I think a lot of stutterers go to therapy and they say, I want you to make my stutter go away. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for SLPs to say, like, actually, our goal here is to make peace with your stutter. And it's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. It might become more manageable, less pronounced, and less of a burden on you. But it's not going to go away. It's always going to be there. For sure. I think that comes that because that conversation becomes a lot harder mm-hmm. when it's the parents who are coming in yeah. for their child feeling that way. Yeah. That you can get rid of something that you can and sometimes, like you said, even when you were a kid, you didn't realize that you 
had stuttered until mm. people started pointing it out. Right. And it's almost like, do we need to be confronting a child who is perfectly happy and content? Mm. No. If they're not super uncomfortable and mm. they're not displaying extreme discomfort with it or self-hatred like hatred about it, there's no reason for you to jump in there Yeah. if they're doing well and they're feeling good. Mm. That's my perspective, but I am not fully an SLP yet, so don't listen to me, people. <laughs> You're also not a parent. Also not and a that's, parent. That's, that's, that's way that's harder. Thing. It's easy to say, well, don't worry about it. And when it's your kid, your mind instantly goes, their whole future is going to yeah. be... Mm-hmm. so hard you know it is and mm-hmm. it it becomes harder when you pity somebody though yeah as a parent like mm-hmm. i imagine again i am not a parent <laughs> yeah but i imagine if you put that on your kid as well mm-hmm. that this is gone that their opportunities are gone the kid's gonna feel that immediately yeah rather than you saying you can still do all of these things and you have these opportunities and we will work on it together and we will together help you feel confident walking into a room it's a very different conversation than if Mm. you're dragging your kid to therapy and you're hating every moment of it like as the parent i would imagine it's going to be emotionally hard on you and you you feel these losses but your kid doesn't know that yet if they're young right they don't know what that future is just yet Mm. so keep giving those opportunities is what i would imagine again i'm not a parent yeah (laughs) that's really tricky because you know as a parent in that situation um, on one level, um, you might feel like, well, it, like if we don't make it an issue right now and, and really get therapy and all that, mm-hmm. then it's going to last for us other lives. But then if we, um, don't do therapy, maybe it'll pass. Mm-hmm. It'll be a phase. So that's tricky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know either. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's jump into a fun little segment I prepared for us today. If okay. you're interested. Lightning round. It's our Mythbuster challenge. Mi- okay, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a couple statements. And from since you haven't received therapy, they probably haven't gone through this. You haven't mm-hmm. like been given all these fact versus fiction things. Mm-hmm. So I actually think it will be really fun to hear your take on this too from your own experiences or experiences you've heard from the people that you've met who stutter as well so the first one is people stutter because they are nervous oh i mean i don't think people well i think (laughs) it's a hard question because they relate somehow it's more like people who don't stutter stutter because they're nervous people who stutter maybe stutter more pronounced when they're nervous, but I don't think anxiety creates a person who stutters. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, I don't know if there's a stuttering gene, um, but it sounds like there might be. Stuttering is caused because of emotional trauma. Maybe. I don't know. There are, it's very, very, very rare. Mm-hmm. that an emotional or physical trauma, like very, very small. I don't want to say numbers or percentages because mm-hmm. I do not remember, but it is not very heavily influenced. It seems like it's possible. I think anything's possible. It, I was convinced for a long time that the fact that I had the croup 
uh, uh, severely um, every year um, through about age nine. And that makes you breathe in. Mm -hmm. You can only breathe in. And I, I had a life-threatening case of the croup when I was nine. Mm -hmm. And um, I was convinced in my 20s, you know, that that had something to do with my stutter, you know, because so much of my stutter is, is a block mm -hmm. in my chest and I can't speak. And I was convinced that that uh, physical and emotional trauma uh, had something to do with it. And then my mom said, no, you were stuttering when you were like four. Mm. So, How did that feel to hear that? Because um, sometimes it feels good to be like, oh, this is the reason something right, happened. Right. How did that feel? Um, uh, uh, surprising, you know, just because I have no memory of stuttering before about uh, third grade. Mm. And... It doesn't matter what caused my stuttering. Mm -hmm. So, do you think there was a cause? Fact or fiction? Do I think there was a cause? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not fact. So yeah. uh, maybe it's. <laughs> I firmly believe that it doesn't. Nothing sets you off on this journey, other yeah. than you were born. This was mm -hmm. going to happen. Well, it's like saying, what's the cause of your blue eyes? Yeah, you exactly. I, well, I was no, born. it's more genetic. <laughs> but how did you get interested in stuttering? Me? Yeah. I'm actually just interested in everything in the field, and mm. my pursuit is in learning everything. Yeah. Like, I, I just love to learn more about anything. Speech. Speech-related. No, yeah, but speech just everything. No, yeah. I'm just like a, a – I am an information seeker yeah. in anything. Yeah. Like I, it's like an illness. Like I get in, I get interested in something and I just start to spiral and mm. like, I love orcas and I just will watch and read about orcas also just because I feel like it. <laughs> Are there animals that stutter? That's a wonderful question. Mm. I don't know. I'll have to ask someone up. Actually is like more of an expert and specialist in stuttering who would maybe know if there was research on that. Cause I am not. Yeah. I would figure if, you know, if there are monkeys who can kind of talk or parrots, mm -hmm. or are there any of this? But I don't know if they're talking or mimicking right. sound patterns. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Um, okay, let's try another one. People who stutter don't stutter when they yell or sing. Mm. Fact or fiction? Um, I think uh, it's very common. Um, I wouldn't say that's true for everyone who stutters, but I, I think most people who stutter um, uh, uh, don't uh, stutter when they're in a moment, you know, and mm -hmm. singing is, is a moment and mm -hmm. being angry or scared is a moment. Um, uh, my friend uh, Steve Varney um, um, does not stutter when he sings, but there was a point in his career that he did. Mm. And, it, and it was like, fascinating we from what i remember in class singing is a different side of your brain than mm -hmm. speaking and so it's using a whole different space which is why technically you could tell someone to use a sing-song voice and they would right not not stutter mm -hmm. per se but who wants to talk in a sing-song voice all day not yeah. very natural and is also shaming yeah. like oh don't do what you do mm -hmm. try this instead yeah that's not 
very uh, helpful. Yeah. Once labeled as a person who stutters, the person is more likely to stutter. I think so. I don't know if it's a fact. I mean, I I feel like you should be asking the stuttering experts, the SLPs. I know, but this is more fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I would say probably fact. Um, I'm thinking about, so uh, the mother of my child, uh, when we first met, um, and I would go to um, her parents' house for dinner Mm -hmm. in in Santa Fe, um, I could not speak i just couldn't and it was so horrifying Mm -hmm. it was it was really really a bad experience and um her father is um a very famous um, artist he's a macarthur fellow uh a genius grant Mm -hmm. um and even like his own kids are intimidated by him so i was pretty intimidated and um that made it worse. But then also this conversation sitting down and then having her parents say, Oh, we know you stutter. I was like, Oh great. Now I'm supposed to stutter, (laughs) you know? And, um, I think that made it more pronounced. And, and also, um, at one point uh, he said to me, why don't you just write it down? Like what at dinner, you know? No. Yeah. So (laughs) he didn't know what to do. Oh my, but still. (laughs) I can't blame him. (laughs) I would be like, I'm okay. It's just going to take me a second. Yeah, but at that point, I don't even know if I could have said I'm okay. You're just going to shut yourself either way. (laughs) Couldn't have said anything. So um, yeah, I think in in general, that's probably true. Wow, you were so nice in being like, what would he, he didn't know what to do. I, um. That's really... Like thinking about the other person before you. If I was in that situation where my child was bringing a partner home and they had a disability, um, you know, that I didn't have any familiarity with, I don't know what I would do. Mm -hmm. I would probably make mistakes too. Well, of course, making mistakes for sure. That Mm -hmm. happens and that happens every day. Even as a person who knows a lot of things about stuttering and learning Mm -hmm. about it as our background, I'm... 99% 99% of the time, I'm going to still make mistakes. Yeah. At least that's how I feel about it. There's one person in Santa Fe who moved me so much. Her name is Sherry. Mm-hmm. And there's this one day I was home alone and she knocked on the door to say hi to us and see the baby. And it was just me. And I was like, I was stuttering <laughs> very pronounced. And she she stood there and listened and when i stopped talking she looked at me and she said that must be really hard for you literally no one had ever said that to me and that i was like yeah it's really hard and um so instead of saying you know can i finish your sentence or um why don't we just talk later or why don't you just write it down on a notepad or, or mm-hmm. something you know she just looked at me and said that must be really really hard for you yeah and i think that is a really helpful thing to say to stutters stutterers and it's also really helpful to say how would you like me to not not necessarily help 
you know, but the question of um, how do you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really important. Yeah, for sure. So this one was people who stutter, sorry, once labeled as a person who stutters, a person is more likely to stutter. Mm-hmm. You said that you think that's yeah. possibly true. Yeah, I don't think it's across the board. We definitely oh. learn that that is not true. Oh. And that there's like, more, again, like I was mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. it's that you become more aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so that heightens some of your awareness around it. But it doesn't necessarily make you stutter more. It just made you aware of what you were doing before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's also... But again, it could... I mean, these are fact or fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't know who decided this was true or not true or... Yeah. Like, your experience is your experience. Mm-hmm. So, I can't say that that's true or not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think it depends on, on a lot of circumstances like mm-hmm. age and mm-hmm. and situation. And, and also, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned before, but the fact that I say right before I... Interview someone, I say, you know, <laughs> just so you know, I stutter. Every time I do that, I I actually have an easier time with speech during the interview. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely changes based off of where you are in life and with mm-hmm. your own journey, like how you your relationship with your stutter. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that definitely impacts it. Okay, this one's an interesting question that I do not have the answer to. I do not know. But fact or fiction, people who stutter, stutter in their dreams. Um, And in their thoughts. And in their thoughts. Wow. That's fascinating. I think probably no. Probably fiction. I don't. I don't have the feeling of talking in my dreams. Mm. Do you? No, but I don't really remember most of them. No. But it's, I just well, remember it's... being like, wow, I was really scared when I woke up. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was music playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Full circle. <laughs> it's, more like, it's more like a dream. This is just me, you know, but a dream feels more like a movie than I'm watching then it, it's me actively speaking. So I, I don't think I stutter in my dreams, but I also don't have a, a, a tangible, a visceral feeling of speaking in my dreams. Mm-hmm. And what about in your thoughts? In my thoughts, I don't stutter. Interesting. That was a fact or fiction that we've talked about. Like it's been conversational with people, mm-hmm. but there's, I don't think there's a real way to know that. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, in your you own take head. Take a poll. That's about the only you way to know. Take a poll. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm going to send out a mass yeah. poll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do like one or two more. It's fun, yeah. Okay. Stuttering can begin gradually and develop over time hmm. or it can appear suddenly. I think that um, um, I haven't done the research. So off the top of my head, I would say that it can happen in both those ways mm-hmm. um True. and maybe it, it can happen as um a childhood thing that becomes more pronounced over time and then uh, uh, maybe it can happen from um, a physical trauma mm. 
like an aneurysm, you know, mm. something like that. Those are like comorbidities and they have like their own mm. type of name for that. Like those disfluencies have different, they wouldn't be called stuttering. It would be just like more disfluent speaking as a result yeah. of something. Yeah. And they might be diagnosed with a different type of, there might be like another diagnosis for that, mm. I guess. Yeah. But I'm not entirely sure. Mm. Okay, let's do one more. If a person is able to covertly stutter, they are no longer a person who stutters. Well, that's bullshit. That's what, that's not fact or fiction. That's bullshit. <laughs> that, I felt like that was a really good one to end it with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I had somebody say to me um, at an event, you know, cause I, I've done two live episodes of my last stash. Mm -hmm. One, one of them was in Denver and one of them was in Boulder at the one in Denver. Somebody walked up to me and said, um, I love your podcast. I just wish you didn't say that you stutter, you know, cause you don't really stutter. And I was, Hot take. And I was just like, wow, thanks. I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's more like, um, I've made peace with my stutter. It's happening every time I talk mm -hmm. and um, <laughs> just because there's a lot of underlying work that I'm doing mm -hmm. all the time in my body to try to get words out and often I'm successful at that, that doesn't mean that I don't stutter. Yeah. And also we, I mean, we talk about this all the time in school and then we learn about this it changes and it fluctuates for so many different reasons and mm -hmm. in so many different moments. You could wake up and it could be more pronounced. You could ha be in the middle of the day and m spend the whole afternoon not having a lot of moments of disfluency and not stuttering mm -hmm. in any moments. And then again at night, you could be, again, really experiencing it a lot more. Mm -hmm. And it can change just for so many – just across the day for no reason. Yeah, That's just such a hot take. Like, But again, there's that – education component that people might not necessarily have access to. Right. And that's why I wasn't mad at this yeah. person. I, I was, I, I was, I was more interested in that. Like, mm -hmm. wow, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. And also, yeah, that again, the education, it's like, the more you learn about studying, the more you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know this or yeah. that. And even as a person who stutters, I'm sure like learning about different things, it's, oh, that's why that happens, or oh, that's what this means. Yeah, and I would hope, and I don't know, but I would hope that if I was in that person's situation, maybe I would walk up to the host of the podcast and say, what is stuttering like for you? Mm. What kind of stuttering do you experience? Because I haven't really noticed it much, instead yeah. of saying, oh, you don't, stu you don't stutter. So let's talk about your advocacy and mm. awareness. You have mm. your podcast. It's a great tool to bringing awareness to stuttering, people who stutter, and awareness just around, again, different types of stutters, like you were saying. Yeah. So are there any other ways that you advocate that you bring the community in more education? How do you feel like I you wish. Yeah? I'm, I'm just putting a toe into the stuttering community, you know, and that's um, as a result of not hiding my stutter. Mm -hmm. anymore and um i, I really want to go to that stuttering group at, at cu now that it's it's on thursdays and um um have more 
uh, relationships um, uh, with people who stutter, mm. and uh, uh, I would I would love to talk uh, with kids who stutter. I, I think, um, like I said, um, especially at a young age, you feel like you're the only one who stutters, mm -hmm. and I think it's amazing for people to see someone like John Hendrickson on television, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 think, I mean. I can still do anything I dream of, mm -hmm. even if I stutter. Um, as far as me being an advocate, I, I think I think I've failed at that, <laughs> or at least I haven't really started. Um, and, I don't think you failed. Well, it's sometimes been a, you advocate for yourself, and that's just as much of a success as advocating for others. Because hmm. it gives you the opportunity to do that later. I hope so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I had a very interesting experience on my podcast recently that had to do with stuttering. I was interviewing Molly Tuttle, who is who is probably the most famous female bluegrass musician in the country right now, and um, she's won a bunch of Grammys and and um, she's huge and she's great. She's super nice too. She was nice enough to do my my podcast and. Um, a lot of times if I interview someone who is very famous, they don't have all that much time and they might do a day of interviews, mm -hmm. you know, and then they go on tour, you know, stuff like that. And so they often have a, 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 a publicist who's on the line mm -hmm. and, and they're not like trying to censor or anything like that. They're just there to say, um, maybe one more one more question mm -hmm. at some point or like, Hey, you have like one minute left. Mm -hmm. So Molly had a publicist on the line. This young woman was in New York city and, um, um, <laughs> Molly has alopecia and, and, um, she's lost all the hair on her body. And, um, that's something that anybody who knows about Molly Tuttle knows. So I wasn't even going to ask her about that. I feel like subject covered in mm -hmm. a way. I was just going to talk about music, but uh, she brought it up, and and then I uh, 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 started talking about stuttering because she was talking about how she tried to hide it for a long time by wearing a wig, and and it's actually made her feel better about it and also made her more in tune with the, the alopecia community, the fact that she's not hiding it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I started talking about stuttering and similar things. And um, her publicist who was on the line didn't realize that she wasn't muted. And she goes, why are they talking about his stuttering? And um, it happened mm -hmm. so fast that I didn't know whether it really happened. It was like a the voice of God, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> the voice of God. Yeah, it was just like, where did this voice come from? I mean, I mean, I knew she was on the line, but it was so shocking that I didn't know whether it really happened. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then when the interview was over, I went and listened back. And I said, the holy I was going to say it's in your it's in your feed like you're gonna you're gonna hear it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And oh so I went back and I said, holy shit, that really happened. And so I felt pretty militant, like about the fact that I had to call her out about it. Oh, no. <laughs> so you left that part of the clip in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. I mean, some people probably think I went overboard, but I sent her an email. It was only like one sentence. And I said, thank you so much for setting up this interview. And also, um, I was really shocked by the fact that you, uh, 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 um, exasperatedly complained about the fact that I mentioned my stutter for mm -hmm. a minute, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would hope that in the future, you'd be more sensitive uh, to something like that. And uh, and that was it. That's all I said. She wrote me this long thing that it was very nice. She apologized. You know, she said, I am so sorry. She said, I have a brother um, who stutters and, um, and um, yes, I said that and I'm so sorry I said that. And I didn't know that I was muted. So I didn't know that I was not muted. And so um, um, I wasn't sure whether you heard it or not. Mm. So, I, so I didn't apologize afterward. And I just want you to know that I would never make fun of someone who stutters. So I felt like it was... Like the fact that she didn't say, I didn't say that and deny it, that made me feel good. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, a lot of times, you know, <laughs> for instance, when somebody is caught on a hot mic or whatever saying something racist, <laughs> they'll often say, like, if you know me, I'm not racist. I would never say anything racist. It's like, well, you did. Yeah. So there was an element of like, I would never make fun of a stutterer, mm -hmm. but she did. But it felt that way, yeah. Yeah. It sounded that way. Yeah. And you did. <laughs> yeah, and you did. I was like, let's just go to yeah, the let's stages. Just say, <laughs> this happened, this happened, and this happened. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes, I did. Um, I talked about that in the intro to that episode, and, and, I, and I left it in. So, <laughs> yep. And we're talking about it here. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about it here too. So, yeah. So advocating. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's advocating or if or if that was retaliation. Ah, uh, if you want to call it that, yeah. But I I didn't feel like I was retaliating. I felt like like I was um, making sure that that uh, this person. Um. I don't know. I I don't actually think it's retaliation. I was being silly. But what I do think it is, is reality. Like, yeah. keeping in very real moments because they happen mm -hmm. and not polishing something. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was joking when I said retaliated, but it's definitely doing more of the showcasing of what life is. And yeah. what happens and things that happen around us. Yeah. I mean, maybe I felt like I wanted people to know, um, you know, what that situation is like when somebody, um, you know, complains about who you are. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And mm. it's, again, one of those things you just can't change. Like, mm. it sucks when people treat something that is as something that you're doing on purpose. Yeah. I could see if I had gone on and on about it, you know, but it was like, it made sense that yeah. I was relating and then we moved on to another subject. But. Totally. And that's how human interaction works. Like mm-hmm. you say a story, you tell a story, I listen, I engage. And then I'm like, oh, you know, sometime, one time I felt like this too. Yeah. Like that's human nature to relate to people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if there, is there anything else you want to talk about or mention? Not really. I mean, I think your questions were great. And, and, um, um, you can listen to Mile High Stash on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Mile High Stash dot com and we're gonna have another live episode in boulder at some point but i don't know when awesome so you answered my last question Mm -hmm. of the wrap-up so my first question of the (laughs) wrap-up is what is your go-to book movie or tv series you consume when you need a mood boost i don't like mood boosts (laughs) i'm the total opposite i like things that are dark as fuck that's what i like when you need a dark and twisty day then (laughs) yeah yeah i mean Peaky Blinders is my favorite thing that's ever been on television. Mm -hmm. And it is just so dark and so um, um, illuminating (laughs) of the human um, uh, failure of the soul, you know. (laughs) I I love it so much. I love the UK as well. You know, I've been to England and Ireland and Scotland. Mm. Um, my go-to book. Um, I like poetry and I like uh, Yeats. Yeats is another British artist. And um, um I mean, it's a different question. If you had said, what's my favorite book, that's one thing. But I don't know when I'll read uh, uh, Narcissus and Goldman by Herman Hesse again. But I read it a bunch. And that's my favorite book. So if you had asked, what's your favorite book, that's one thing. Mm. But a go-to would probably be poetry like Lorca or Yeats, you know, something I can pick up and just escape into. Um, And I think... Also in there was, what's your go-to music? Did you say that? No, but now I think I need to add that. Oh, yeah. It was a TV series. So book, TV, movie. Oh, and movie. Mm-hmm. Um, go-to movie. It's kind of embarrassing, but I really like Forrest Gump. And I've, I've like probably watched it a hundred times and I know every word in the entire movie. Yeah. That's my favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if it's on TV, I have to watch it. We've mentioned with commercials. With commercials, yeah. It's <laughs> like worth I it. don't care. It's worth it. I could probably watch it in a bar with the sound off. It was just happened to be on, you know. Same. Yeah. We we, we talked about this before. Too. Yeah. We've mentioned Tom Hanks a lot today. Yeah. 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 I love him. Mm. Like I love Forrest Gump. I could watch it over. I. I think constantly about movie quotes. <laughs> yeah. And I just always drop some type of Forrest yeah. Gump. And yeah. no one knows what I'm talking about. Everyone's young around here now. I like when he says, you still, Lieutenant Dan. And when he says, um, um, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Mm-hmm. That's Those are probably my favorites. When I was a kid, the first time I saw it 
well, not even the first time, for like four or five years after I first saw it, hmm. I thought that was, it was based on a true story. Oh. Like I thought this was someone's life that yeah. he lived through all of this and did all of these things. So I was like, Forrest Gump is amazing. Like, could you imagine meeting this guy? <laughs> like, holy jeez, yeah. he is skilled. <laughs> it turns out that was not true. <laughs> Have you read the book? There's a book? It was based on a book, yeah. As a big consumer of novels, yeah. I cannot believe I did not know this. I've read some of it. I didn't read the whole thing. Um, one of the interesting nuggets um, about Forrest Gump is that they originally wanted <laughs> Bill Murray, you know, he was, he was like the first choice. Mm. And it would have been more of a slapstick thing. I don't think it would have been like an Oscar yeah. winning thing. Well, I'm going to have to add Forrest Gump to my Amazon cart immediately after we leave here. Yeah. No. Okay, I'll go to a store. Go to the bookworm in Boulder. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you so very much for coming today. This was by far, I'm sorry to everybody else, one Mm. of my favorite episodes that we've done. This is so great. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great. Thank you. And we will chat with you all next week. Thank you all so much for listening to Speeching It Real. Please help us reach a bigger audience by rating us five stars and dropping a review. You can contact me anytime on Instagram at speechingitreal or via email at speechingitreal at gmail.com. You can reach out with any questions, comments, or recommendations. 